0: hello and welcome back to read this next with laura and nicole she's back people
1: (laughs) one year later i returned
0: yeah we've missed you on the show all of our (laughs) listeners have been writing in and telling us how much they missed you (laughs) Sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's the thing. I've been going on our pages being like, I miss Laura. <laughs> um, yeah. So do you want to tell us about what our list is going to be for today?
1: Sure. So um, while I've been off, I have, um, I was off on maternity leave. So I had a little person um, to deal with. He was very demanding. You know how they are. <laughs> And uh, basically what that means is that all of 2023, I was paying very little attention to what was going on in publishing in the book world. So like some authors I liked put out new books. I had no idea. Like exciting sort of different premises, things happened. Um, Somehow I was just not very connected. It wasn't the top of my priority list over the past year. So (laughs) when we were looking at what we were gonna do for our first theme, I thought, why not do something fun and do what did Laura miss in 2023?
0: Yeah, makes perfect sense.
1: Yeah, so despite having said that I wasn't paying that much attention, I did occasionally come across a title and then I would trot away because (laughs) I am this kind of person and I would carefully put it in my Goodreads account for later. Yep. So some of these titles are ones that I came across through the course of the year and and just checked through them on my to-reads list,
0: mm-hmm. my ever-growing
1: to-reads list. And some of these are ones that I, um, at the beginning of this year, when I came back to work, I looked at some like award winners or best of year lists and pulled them from there. And what I've tried to do to make this not super boring for Nicole <laughs> is I've tried to pick some... <laughs> That I think would appeal to her as well. Nice, nice. Um, so we'll see if any of them do, or if they're all just they're
0: <laughs> deep all in my
1: own wheelhouse. Horror. No, I know.
0: They're not all horror. They said they weren't going to be, so I'm happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the one genre I won't touch hmm. a Five a foot, five-foot pole. <laughs> yes, I,
1: uh, I made sure that that was not the case. Okay, sorry, I'm going to turn off my phone because it binged. Mm. So... Here we go. All right. So first one falls under the category of author I enjoy. I had a new book and I missed it. It's called Black Sheep Mm
0: -hmm. and it's by
1: Rachel Harrison. And we've already wrecked from her, um, her book, The Return and also her book, Cackle, which was that one of the witches and female friendship, like present day witches. Yeah. So this one is called Black Sheep um unconventional families dark secrets nobody has a normal family but vesper writes is truly something else vesper left home at 18 and never looked back mostly because she was told that leaving the staunchly religious community she grew up in meant she couldn't return but then an envelope arrives on her doorstep inside is an invitation to the wedding of vesper's beloved cousin rosie it's to be hosted at the family farm have they made an exception to the rule it would be the first time vesper has been given special treatment is the invite a sweet gesture, an olive branch, a trap? Mm. Doesn't matter. Something inside her insists she go to the wedding, even if it means returning to the toxic environment she escaped. Even if it means reuniting with her mother, Constance, a former horror film star. Wow. Horror <laughs> film star, not scar, and forever ice queen. When Vesper's homecoming exumes good word, a terrifying secret. She's forced to reckon with her family's beliefs and her own crisis of faith in this deliciously sinister novel that explores the way family ties can bind us as we struggle to find our place in the world.
0: Ooh, Exude it. is an interesting choice of words. Good word. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if mm-hmm. that'll play into what she actually, what the secret is.
1: Yes. Yes, indeed. Mm. That the sounds next good. one, yes, <laughs> yeah, does not that sound fun? Fun. Doesn't that sound delightful? <laughs> cults you know family secrets all that stuff i'm into yeah. that I yeah
0: i feel like we may have wrecked this one this next one at some point oh did
1: you but well, i was off yeah was
0: but either way we'll include it on your list of things that you were missing out on because obviously you weren't catching up on anything library related including read this next
1: so i did occasionally dip that's in, fair i'd that avoid
0: it i'd avoid it if i went <laughs> off i'd be like work oh my god <laughs> um okay so i'm pink then i guess eh
1: yes you are
0: perfect this is wayward by amelia hart so 2019 under the cover of darkness kate flees london for ramshackle wayward cottage inherited from a great aunt she barely remembers with its tumbling ivory and overgrown garden the cottage is worlds away from the abusive partner who tormented kate but she begins to suspect that her great aunt had a secret one that lurks in the bones of the cottage, hidden ever since the witch hunts of the 17th century. So we're dealing with witches. Ooh, more witches? Yeah. 1619, Altha is waiting trial for the murder of a local farmer who was stampeded to death by his herd. As a girl, Altha's mother taught her their magic, a kind not rooted in spell casting, but in a deeper knowledge of the natural world. But unusual women have always been deemed dangerous, and as the evidence for witchcraft is set out against Alpha, she knows it will take all of her powers to maintain her freedom. 1942. As World War II rages, Violet is trapped in her family's grand crumbling estate. I like these names. Uh, Straightjacketed by societal convention, she longs for the robust education her brother receives and for her mother, long deceased, who was rumored to have gone mad before her death. The only traces Violet has uh, has of her are a locket bearing the initial W and the word wayward scratched into the baseboard of her bedroom. Very, um, the yellow wallpaper. Yeah. <laughs> Weaving yes. together the stories of three extraordinary women across five centuries, Amelia Hart's Wayward is an enthralling novel of female resilience and the transformative power of the natural world. I love that. And I love the cover of this one. It's so right? cool
1: gorgeous beautiful beautiful cover
0: yeah it looks good so this is the first book then
1: I think so does it have some appeal to you
0: it does I do like witches yep I like witches it doesn't seem scary but it sounds um maybe a little atmospheric yeah and there's different voices which I I like it's um books are books that take place in one time period awesome love it ones that take here a uh, place over a bunch of them definitely have a little bit more in I don't want to say they're not more intriguing, they just like have more to them, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, I like that. I like it.
1: All right. Next one. Um I think we've wrecked a different a book by this author before. I don't know if I ever got around to reading it, but this is another one that I read the description and I was like, Hello. <laughs> um And again, it's another spooky one. (laughs) (laughs) What does it say? The
0: Goodreads Choice Hmm. Award nominee for best horror?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I said it was spooky.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay.
1: (laughs) So this one's called Lone Woman by Victor LaValle. Blue skies, empty land, and enough wide open space to hide a horrifying secret. Mm. The best kind. (laughs) A woman with a past. A mysterious trunk. I just made me think of the tickle trunk for a second. <laughs> That's the only, like, kind. Of other famous trunk I know about. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Dress-up. Anyway, okay, sorry. A woman with <laughs> the past, a mysterious trunk, a town on the edge of nowhere, and an absorbing, powerful new vision of the American West. Adelaide Henry carries an enormous steamer trunk with her wherever she goes. It's locked at all times. Because when the trunk opens, people around Adelaide start to disappear. Oh,
0: interesting.
1: Indeed. The year is 1915 and Adelaide is in trouble. Her secret sin killed her parents, forcing her to flee California in a hellfire rush and make her way to Montana as a homesteader. Dragging the trunk with her at every stop, she will become one of the lone women taking advantage of the government's offer of free land for those who can tame it. Except that Adelaide isn't alone. She's got that trunk. Mm. And the secret she's tried so desperately to lock away might be the only thing that will help her survive the harsh territory.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I don't know what's in the trunk.
0: I mean, her secret sin killed her parents. So did her parents get absorbed into the trunk? I don't know. There's so many questions here. <laughs> this is a great description. I know.
1: Right? I was like, is this some kind of, like, monster? Yeah. That she released? And then now she's going to need its, like, monster strength to help her succeed at homesteading? I don't know. Or she just
0: opened the trunk and all of a sudden all these people that were eaten are just, like, there. (laughs) (laughs) and She's like, hello, welcome to my farm. (laughs) Yeah, hi, guys. We've got a farm to build.
1: (laughs) I mean, so many different ways it could go. Yeah, it's like...
0: Uh, kind of reminds me of Pandora's box but like the opposite like everything's going into it
1: instead of coming out yes mm. I'm curious about what sort of like is it like a like a golem creature? I feel like there's a creature in the box gotta be you know but hey I'm gonna knows? look up
0: spoilers for this one later <laughs> <laughs> cause I'm not reading it cause I'll be scared
1: <laughs> that's totally fair okay Ooh. this next one Right, I thought that you might be intrigued.
0: I love books with libraries and books in them. This is called- The cover. Yeah, the cover's gorgeous. It's called (laughs) How Can I Help You by Laura Sims, a razor-sharp suspense about two local librarians whose lives become dangerously entwined.
1: Right? I love it. How fun.
0: I also kind of like so far that this this is not a fun library book. (laughs)
1: No. it's, not, a, it's find, not another
0: cozy one yeah it's not like there's magic no. and it's like nice it's like oh yeah. this is bad okay no one knows margot's real name her colleagues and patrons at a small town public library only know her middle-aged normalcy congeniality and charm they have no reason to suspect that she is in fact a former nurse with a trail of countless premature deaths in her wake she has turned a new page so to speak and the library is her sanctuary a place to quell old urges that is at least until patricia a recent graduate and failed novelist joins the library staff patricia quickly notices Margot's subtle sinister edge and watches her carefully when a patron's death in the library bathroom that's bad! <laughs> gives her a, a hint at that Margo's... Is bad. It is bad. Uh, gives her a hint at Margo's mysterious past. But, uh, Patricia can't resist digging deeper. Even as this new fixation becomes all-consuming, taught and compelling, how can I help you, explores the dark side of human nature and the dangerous pull of artistic obsession. Yes. It sounds so cool! <laughs> it also sounds like this person knows library <laughs> speak. <clears throat> Because to call the people that come into the building patrons alone (laughs) is like, yeah, like that's people don't normally. I don't know. I don't know what people outside of libraries would call it, like clients, customers. Yeah, probably patrons is like the normal word. I think at least at in our system. So I like that. Ooh, yeah, sounds sounds fun. Yeah, oh, that's cool. (laughs)
1: That's cool. <laughs> okay, this next one, I feel like this is a very me, me, me sort of plot.
0: I haven't read it, but I can already see it feels like it's probably a um, closed mystery or closed circle mystery.
1: Sort of. Okay, okay, okay. So It's called The Thing in the Snow by Sean Adams. Okay. At the far reaches of the world, the Northern Institute sits in a vast expanse of ice and snow. Once a thriving research facility, its operations were abruptly (laughs) shut down after an unspecified incident Mm. and its research teams promptly evacuated. Now it's home to a team of three caretakers, Gibbs, Klein, and their supervisor, Hart, and a single remaining researcher named Gilroy, who is feverishly studying the sensation of coldness. Okay. Okay. Their objective is simple. Occupy the space, complete their weekly tasks, and keep the building in working order in case research ever resumes. Also, never touch the thermostat, also, never ever go outside. Mm. The work isn't thrilling. Test every door for excessive creaking, sit on every chair to ensure its structural integrity. But for Hart it's the opportunity of a lifetime, a chance to hone his leadership skills and become the beacon of efficiency he always knew he could be. It got weirder than he thought, didn't it? Yeah. There's just one obstacle standing in its way, a mysterious object that has appeared out in the snow. Gibbs and Klein are mesmerized. They can't discern its exact shape and color, nor if it's moving or fixed in place. But it is there, isn't it? Whatever it might be, Hart thinks the thing in the snow is an unwelcome distraction and probably a huge waste of time. Though, come to think of it, time itself has been a bit wonky lately. Weekends pass in a blur and he can hardly tell day from night. Gravity seems less than reliable. The lights have been flickering weirdly and he feels an odd thrumming sensation in his beard. Oh, just the beard. Gibbs might be plotting to unseat him as supervisor, and Gilroy, well, what is he really doing anyway? <laughs> Perplexed and isolated, but most certainly not alone, Hart wrestles wrestles for control of his own psyche as the thing in the snow beguiles his team, upends their work, and challenges their every notion of what is normal.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Okay.
1: <gasps> I like that sort of, you know, the, the narrator who doesn't know... You know, if things are, how much they can trust their own sensations. Unreliable to themselves, narrator. Yeah, not yes. just unreliable to the reader.
0: Yeah, like, you know that they are an unreliable narrator. Oh, that's really cool. I'm very curious if they, so I know they're like, they are testing things, right? They are researching something, the sensation of cold.
1: Gil Only Gilroy is researching. The other three are caretakers.
0: I see. I wonder if they are the subjects. The subject of the research.
1: Yeah. I mean, sitting in every chair, checking every door. Like, there's something very strange going on. There's here. a lot so, of weird stuff. Fun. Yeah,
0: yeah. that is fun. Cool. Ooh, Ooh, this next one I really like the cover of. Okay, okay, well... Have you seen it before, though? Um, I've only seen. I think I I went to chapters, and I was I like to browse at chapters, and then place yes. holds the library. Sure, <laughs> and, as you uh, should, yeah. as everyone should. Please do, and Please uh, do. I think I read the back, but it was a a while ago, so I don't really remember it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Great, because this is um, this all these books are twenty twenty three titles except for this one because book two came out in twenty twenty three, but I wanted to put book one in on the list. Okay. And it's one of the very few books about fairies that I'm intrigued by, which doesn't happen all the time.
0: So we
1: have it here for Nicole because she is a fairy reader. (laughs) I'm
0: a big fairy reader of all kinds. (laughs) Okay. This is Emily Wilde's Encyclopedia of Fairies by Heather Fawcett. Like you said, it's the first one in the Emily Wilde series. Book two is out as well. Beautiful. A curmudgeonly... Oh, and it was a nominee for the best fantasy. A curmudgeonly professor journeys to a small town in the far north to study fairy folklore and discovers dark fae magic, friendship, and love in the state of a heartwarming and enchanting new fantasy series. Oh, I thought this was going to be the actual description. Here we go. Here we go. I always like that a lot of descriptions have like an intro sentence and then they have like a closing sentence as well as if they're writing an essay. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Uh Cambridge professor Emily Wilde is good at many things. She is the foremost expert on the study of fairies. She is a genius scholar and a meticulous researcher who is writing the world's first encyclopedia of fairy lore. But Emily Wilde is not good at people. She could never make small talk at a party or even get invited to one, as she prefers the company of her books, her dog, and the fair folk.
1: So I'm when she, pretty good.
0: I would like that as well.
1: <laughs> Add in the cat, and then I'm good.
0: There you go. You'll be set. Yeah. So when she arrives at the hard scrabble village of, Hrensvik, sure. Emily has no intention of befriending the gruff townsfolk, nor does she care to spend time with her uh, with another new arrival, her dashing and insufferably handsome academic rival Wendell Bumblebee, who manages to charm the townsfolk, get in the middle of Emily's research, and utterly utterly confound and frustrate her but as emily gets closer and closer to uncovering the secrets of the hidden ones the most elusive of all fairies lurking in the shadowy forest outside of town she also finds herself on the trail of another mystery who is wendell Bamblebee? and what does he really want to find the answer she'll have to unlock the greatest mystery of all her own heart her own heart <laughs> <laughs> Who That's is he? Cool. why is his name so funny i don't know could he be a fairy
1: (laughs) that doesn't seem like a real name (laughs) it sounds like
0: the guy um who's the guy from the lord of the rings uh which one (laughs) tom bombadil that's what it Uh, is yeah Yeah, that weirdo yeah yeah (laughs) that sounds Uh, fun right it does it does Sounds cool i like that Um, why what what appealed you to like what in that appealed to you Um, I
1: think, I think the bit about that she is an expert, Mm -hmm. the academic angle.
0: Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take place in the fairyland. It's just like in the real world.
1: Also true. Yeah. Yeah. Although it does seem to be like an alternate universe where fairies are just hanging around they know this much about them right so it's not like because at first i honestly was like is this like you know is she writing like a a folk tale compendium Mm -hmm. but it appears like fairies are real things
0: that's cool i like that yeah i see just so you know this next one we did recommend i can't (gasps) i feel like it was a sci-fi episode so if you're looking for more books similar to this next one go check out a sci-fi one because this is this is good I do like this yeah. one.
1: So the next one is called Chain Gang All-Stars. Um, it's called, It's by Nana Kwame Ajij Brenia. Nice.
0: Approximately.
1: Approximately. Two top woman gladiators fight for their freedom within a depraved private prison system not so far removed from America's own. Loretta Thurwar and Hemera, Hurricane Stacks. What a name. Stacker. Right? Sounds very roller derby.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, are the stars of Chain Gang All-Stars, the cornerstone of CAPE, or Criminal Action Penal Entertainment, a highly popular, highly controversial, profit-raising program in America's increasingly dominant private prison industry. It's the turn of the gladiators, and prisoners are competing for the ultimate prize, their freedom. Isn't there like a movie about this? <clears throat> I feel like similar. Arnold Schwarzenegger is in a movie <laughs> that has kind of that plot.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> in cave prisoners travel as links in chain gangs competing in death matches for packed arenas with righteous protesters at the gates thurwar and stacks both teammates and lovers are the fan favorites and if all goes well thurwar will be free in just a few matches a fact she carries as heavily as her lethal hammer as she prepares to leave her fellow links she considers how she might help preserve their humanity in defiance of these so-called games but CAPE's corporate owners will stop at nothing to protect their status quo and the obstacles they lay in Thoreau's path have devastating consequences. Moving from the links in the field to the protesters to the CAPE employees and beyond, it's a kaleidoscopic, ex- oh, excoriating look at the American prison system's unholy alliance of systemic racism, unchecked capitalism, and mass incarceration. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a current thing. The
0: Absolutely. other thing that
1: Yeah, this also reminds me of another title that is a comic book from several years ago. Um, I'm not going to say its title, but I will put it in the show notes. Um, And so if you're interested in a comic that is very similar themed, um, then check that out.
0: Okay, love that. This (laughs) one sounds very interesting. I, I do really like the premise. Yeah. Okay, our last one on the list is The Vaster Wilds by Lauren Groff um do 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 okay a taught see this is the opening paragraph a taught and electrifying novel from celebrated best uh, best best-selling author lauren groff about one spirited girl alone in the wilderness trying to survive and then we get into the bodies of the paragraphs (laughs) a servant girl escapes from a colonial settlement in the wilderness she carries nothing with her but her wits a few possessions and a spark of the spark of god that burns hot within her what she finds in this terra incognita is beyond the limits of her imagination and will bend her belief into everything in everything that her own civilization has taught her it is a novel that is at once a thrilling adventure and a penetrating fable about trying to find a new way of living in a world succumbing to the churn of colonialism interesting that sounds
1: good you know how I like a survival story. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I do like a survival story. It sounds interesting. Like the, I, a lot of the survival stories that we've wrecked before have been set in the present day. Mhm. Yeah. This, this is one's... something a little different there.
0: Yeah. I also find it the spark of God that burns within her. So it's also very like clearly front well it seemed to me that line could be like oh we're going into fantasy but i also feel like because it is a colonial times it's probably more true to religion
1: or <laughs> mo- yeah that's just her well like we'll faith. keep her motivated yes yeah. faith. yeah
0: yeah it sounds really Part good said. i like mm-hmm. it and the kind of covers beautiful i know all right I know. are gorgeous. we good to wrap up then
1: i think so okay i um yeah all i read mostly this year was uh books on parenting <laughs> And uh picture book. So So these are the ones you want to read. <laughs> yes. These are other other ones to look forward to.
0: Fair enough. Maybe we'll have to do an episode about your best children's books that you read over the year.
1: <laughs> yeah, we could definitely do that.
0: Love it. <laughs> Alright, well, you'll see us all again in two weeks. If you missed yeah. any of the titles or the author names, feel free to find this list on our website or our blog, which is tbplofftheshelf.com. You can find us on Instagram, all the socials, I guess, at tbpl. Yep. <laughs> You'd think I I haven't been filming this for years get at this out of point. Practice. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, you can find us on all podcast platforms. Our videos go up on YouTube. We're at mm-hmm. TBPL across everything. <laughs> and we'll see you all in two weeks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>